playing tricks early in the morning. Then it happens again, and I gasp. The last body bag, it moved. Did I just see what I think I saw? I'm terrified and want to run away. Instead, I edge even closer. Instinct? Undertow? I'm staring at that zipped up body bag, and all I know is that there's been a horrible mistake by the police or the EMS. The zipper, it's creeping backward. That body bag is opening from the inside. My eyes bulge and my knees buckle, literally. I stagger through the crowd, staring through my lens in shock and disbelief. I see a finger emerge, then an entire hand. Oh God, and there's blood. Help! I scream, lowering my camera. That person is alive! The crowd turns, the cops and paramedics too. They glance at me and scoff in disbelief or reproach, shaking their heads as if I just escaped from Bellevue. They think I'm nuts. I stab the air, pointing at the body bag as the hand pushes through the plastic, desperately reaching out for help. I think it's a woman's hand. Do something, Chris. You have to save her. I raise my camera again and... (gasps) Chapter 2 I jolt up so fast I nearly break my neck. I'm drenched with sweat, crying hysterically, and have no idea where I am. Everything is blurry, so I try to rub my eyes into focus, but it's hard because my hands are trembling out of control. Actually, my whole body is trembling. I plead with myself. Come on, Chris. Finally, shapes begin to appear before me, followed by outlines. And like a Polaroid, it all becomes clear. It was just a dream, you spaz. Just a dream. Collapsing back into my pillow, I let out the world's hugest sigh of relief. Never have I been so happy to be alone in my own bed. But it was so real. The body bags. A woman's hand coming out of one of them. I turned to my alarm clock, a little before 6 a.m. Good. I can still get a few more minutes of sleep. But the moment I close my eyes, they pop right open again. I hear something, a pounding, and it's not just my stressed out heart. Someone's at the door. Throwing on the same blue terry cloth robe I've had since my Boston college days, I trudge across my tiny apartment, which is decorated with the very finest furnishings from the Crate and Barrel factory reject sale. So what if my couch only has three legs and belongs in a Fairly Brothers movie? The pounding gets louder, more urgent and annoying. All right already, hold your horses. Approaching the door, I don't call out and ask who it is. That's what peepholes are for, especially in Manhattan. Quietly, I lean forward and squint to look with a tired eye. Shit. Her. I open the door. Glaring at me through a pair of drugstore bifocals is my nosy old neighbor from down the hall, Mrs. Rosencrantz. She's clearly ticked off about something, and that makes two of us. Do you realize what time it is? I grumble. Do you realize what time it is? She shoots back. Once and for all, you've got to stop this psychotic screaming every morning. I look at Mrs. Rosencrantz all four feet ten of her, 
as if she's the one who's psychotic. I may have been crying, but I certainly wasn't screaming. You know, if you really want to hassle someone about noise, Mrs. Rosencrantz, you should find out who's playing that music at 6 a.m. She gives me a sideways look. What music? Come on, you don't hear that? It's coming from... I step into the hallway, turning my head left and right. Wait, where exactly is it coming from? Mrs. Rosencrantz shakes her head and huffs. Hmm, I don't hear any music, Ms. Burns. And if you're trying to be a little smartass with me, I'm telling you right now, I don't appreciate it. Mrs. Rosencrantz, I'm not trying to... She cuts me off. Don't think I can't get you evicted, because I can. I frown at the old bat, who happens to look even more unpleasant and haggard than usual, if that's possible. You want smart-ass lady? I'll give